welcome to another episode of Kodo Cinema, the podcast show where I talk about movies. I'm your host, Mark Kodo, a.k.a. Kodo Man. For this episode, I'm going to talk about the latest Disney animated movie, Wish. And the reason why I want to talk about this movie, because there's been a, there's been a lot of talk on this movie, but also the fact that Disney's Wish is supposed to be the film that honors 100 years of the Walt, Dis- of the Walt Disney Company. The plot of this movie focuses on a 17-year-old girl named Asha, who who lives in the Kingdom of Rosas, who makes a passionate plea to the stars in a moment of need, leading her to meet a living magic star which has fallen from the sky, and together, they face up to Rosas' evil ruler, Magnifico. So that's basically the plot of the movie. So basically, you got Asha, who's basically a Disney princess, a uh, a new Disney princess, who's basically uh, who basically makes makes a plea plea deal to the stars in the in the moments of need, leading her to to meet a living magic star, and they both team up to face the evil ruler Magnifico. The development of Wish began in 2018, but was not publicly disclosed until January 2022. When it was revealed that uh, one of the dire- that was revealed by one of the screenwriter that one of the screenwriters Jennifer Lee was writing an original film at Disney Animation. In September 2022, the project was officially announced, with the title being revealed alongside with the involvement of Ariane DeBose and Alan Tudyk. As for the directors, the film was directed by Chris Buck and Fawn Birasuthorn. With Jennifer Lee serving as the uh, serving as the screenwriter along with Allison Moore, plus Wish was also inspired by Disney's Centennial. Centennial is basically the 100th anniversary, and and they're and the and they're trying and the, and it's tying together a theme of most Disney films' wishes come true. You know, like you know, like the whole idea of the of the Walt Disney of Walt Disney the company and many films like where dreams come true, and like wishes and of course wishes come true like that's basically the whole theme of this movie wishes coming true and then the film is noted to be the origin story for the wishing star which is basically which is basically wish when you wish upon a star to me i think that's a good idea i like the movie idea that centers on when you wish upon a star that's actually a pretty good idea so that sounds like a good story idea you also have um you also have you also have uh, Julia Julia Michaels and Benjamin Rice writing the songs for this movie, while frequent Dizzy orchestrator Dave Metzger composing the score. Now, with that being said, how did this movie turn out? Do people like this movie? Do people enjoy? Do people like this movie? Do people hate this movie? Like, what what was the reaction to this movie? Well, unfortunately, the movie received mixed reviews from critics. And then, and then it didn't do well at the box office. Like the film's budget was 175 to 200 million dollars, and the film made 233.2 million dollars worldwide. So apparently, this film did not make a pro- it didn't make a profit. Not at all. Not with that box office results. Of course, the film the film had competition with films such as uh, Napoleon, Saltburn, and The Hunger Games: The Battle of the Songbirds and Snakes. And the fact that the film's box office didn't do as well is attributed is attributed the low opening to a lack of social media marketing and divided word of mouth 
but some people suggested that the film could leg out as Pixar's Elemental did earlier er, earlier in the year because Pixar Pixar came out with with Elemental and at first it didn't do as well as the box office either like the film's budget was 200 million dollars but at the same time but at the same time it actually made 400 it made 496.4 million dollars so right around when Wish came out the film Elemental became a sleeper hit. However, it was still considered a box office disappointment. It was considered to be a box office disappointment because because the because of the fact that the film didn't make his butt didn't make his money back on time. So so as for Wish, I don't think Wish is gonna I don't think Wish is gonna be a sleeper hit like that movie. For what I'm hearing, like that movie bombed at the box office. This movie tried so hard to like get everybody's attention, but I think. But I believe this movie was doomed from the start after realizing where Disney is going with not just with this film, but but with their previous, but but with some of their most recent animated feature films from the 2020s. Like a lot of people were losing interest in seeing these, in seeing, in watching anything from Walt, from Walt Disney animated feature films. And on my end, what did I think of what I what did I think of this film? Like what what were my thoughts on this film? Well, to tell you the truth, though, I didn't like this film as much. Like, like I like the idea behind it, but this this movie, but Dizzy's Wish, like the like it didn't win me over. What really won me over was Chris Pine, to be honest. Like Chris Pine playing, uh, like Chris Pine was in this movie, and he play he was he was basically, he basically played a character named Magnifico, and he was supposed to be the big bad of this movie, but. It turns out, but the turns out in execution, the roles felt completely reversed. Where, where the hero is more of a villain, while the villain is more of a hero. Like that's how this movie is turning out to be. Of course, the people who have seen this movie recognized it right away. Most notably, of where Magnifico is going with these wishes. And and to be honest with you, like many people wished this movie to be good but no the the wish was not grant but the wish was not granted for this movie like dizzy's wish became a critical and box office bob like literally i'm just gonna break down the movie now this is my own opinion like i understand there's gonna be people i understand that there that that the people who have seen this movie probably like this and that's totally fine if you like this movie that is that is fantastic but to me I didn't, I, but to me, I did not like this movie at all. This is obviously one of my least favorite Disney movies. Like, like, like literally, like this movie. Like you went from, like Disney went from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs to their first ever full-length anime feature film for the for the Walt Disney Company, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, to Disney's Wish, which was supposed to honor the 100-year anniversary of the Walt Disney Company, and uh, this is what we got. So anyway, let me dive into the movie. So the movie opens up with King Magnifico and his wife Queen Amaya. Now King Magnifico is being King Magnifico is being played by Chris Pine, while uh, King Amaya is being played by Angelique Cabral. And the two settle on this on on the Kingdom of Rosa on the Kingdom of Rosas on an island in the Mediterranean Sea, having studied sorcery. Magnifico is able to grant the greatest desires of his subjects. Each of them give up their memory of their wishes to be sealed and protected by the king, 
until he can grant until he can grant the wishes for the citizens. Once a month, as a ceremonial event, Magnifico chooses one wish to be granted. Okay, sounds interesting. That's like an interesting start. Interesting start. So that's basically an interesting start. Like it seems as though King Magnifico sounds like the good guy at one point. Like he's being a good guy. Like he like once a month, he decide he decide he he chooses one wish to be granted. So that's actually a pretty good that's a pretty good start. Now now King Magnifico. King Magnifico, I will say this, he, he is an interesting character, although he does look a little bit like Walt Disney, to be honest, and I could definitely see a little bit of similarity to it. I mean, he's got the look of Walt Disney a little bit, but also the fact that, but also the fact that uh, Chris Pine plays this character, voices this character, and I'll be honest with you, I'll be honest, and I'm just gonna say this, Chris Pine won me over to see this movie, like, like I saw Chris Pine's name in this in the, in the cast, and I'm just like, Oh, Chris Pine's in this movie? Oh, I'm gonna go see that movie. I mean, I'm like, literally, I saw Chris Pine's name in this ca in the cast, and I'm just like, well, he won me over, so let me go see this movie. Maybe he might help save the movie. Well, well, unfortunately, Chris Pine is one of the few redeemable moments of this movie. Him playing King Magnifico, like, I will say this, Chris Pine does a good job of what for what we was given, but... The overall execution of this character didn't go as well as many people thought thought it would be. But anyway, moving forward, the film introduces us to uh, a 17-year-old girl named Asha, who is being voiced by Ariane DeVos, as she prepares to interview for the job of Magnifico's apprentice on the day of her grandpa on her grandfather Sabino's 100th birthday, hoping that Magnifico will grant Sabino's wish to inspire people. Now, Sabino. Asha's grandpa, he's being voiced by Victor Garber, who you may recognize um, Victor Garber as Mr. Andrews from James Cameron's Titanic. Now, as for Asha being voiced by, being played by Ariane DeBose, you may recognize Ariane DeBose for playing Anita from the 2021 West Side Story remake, which was directed by Steven Spielberg. And fun fact, she won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress in the 2021 West Side Story reboot. And also, Ariane DeBose was also one of the few ensemble cast members from the stage musical of Hamilton, to which uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda was was involved with. So, so there's a little something. So there's a little something right there. Now, Ari Ariane DeBose as Asha, I say she did a good job with what she was given, but the character of Asha. Well, obviously she's your Disney prince. She's basically the Disney princess in this movie, but she's basically like every, she's basically like every other Disney princess that you saw from the most recent Disney animated feature films. She's like Rapunzel from Tangled, or Anna, or and Anna from Frozen, and a few other Disney princesses as well. Personality-wise, Asha is energetic and and very passionate, who is very proud of her kingdom's history and traditions, and. She's also a tour guide as well. Like the movie also opens up with Asha giving a tour to giving a tour to the citizens of Rosas and welcomes everybody to the king to the kingdom itself in a musical number that is basically similar to Welcome to the Failing Madrigal from Disney's Encanto. She's energetic and all, but I, so she's kind of like uh, she's so she's got that bit of an energy like from Mirabel from uh, Mirabel. From from Encanto a little bit, also having having different different personal, also having different like different personalities like like Rapunzel and Anna. But at the same time, Asha is very compassionate and selfless, and she cares very deeply about her family and friends. 
and the entire community and in the entire kingdom of Rosas. I mean, she's got a caring nature, and she's got friends too. Like, like her caring nature, as stated by one of her friends, Dahlia, can be a weakness. Can be a weakness, as it did let Asha get into into trouble when she started opposing Magnifico, endangering not only her life but her loved ones as well. Now, now I'm gonna get. Now I will mention mention that. Now getting to Magnifico. Now getting to Asha and Magnifico in, in a in a minute. I want to bring up. I want to bring up um, Asha's friends. Like I mentioned, Dahlia. Dahlia is one of um, Asha's friends, but Dahlia has got other friends as well. You have Gabble, Hal, Simon, Safi, Dario, and Bazima. Now Dahlia is being played by Jennifer Kumiyama. And Dahlia is inspired by um, Dahlia is the the unofficial unofficial leader of the teens, and she's inspired by Doc from Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Gabble is basically a cynical, but has a heart of gold, and is part of the teens. Inspired by Grumpy Hal, who is a joyful girl who who is a part of the teens, is inspired by Happy from Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Simon, who is a strong boy with a big heart, who is part of the teens, inspired by sleeping from Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Well, talk about a strong sleeper for Simon. Think of that as a Simon Says joke. But but you also have Safi, who is, who is played with allergies and, and is part of the teens, inspired by sneezing from Snow White. And then Dario, who is Asha's rosy-cheeked and wiggly-eared friend, and who is also part of the teens, inspired by Dolpy, from Snow White, Bazima, a shy girl who is part of the teens, inspired by Bash films from Snow White. So okay, yes, okay, so you all heard that right. Yes, Asha's friends are inspired by the Seven Dwarves from Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Yes. Also, for those who have seen this movie, you'll definitely pick up right away that you're gonna catch a lot of references to the most recent Disney projects, and it reminds you of better Disney animated feature films from the past. Compared compared to this movie, so yeah, so yeah, you got the you got the references to Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. You got the reference to Encanto. I also forgot to mention the how the opening of this movie, like the opening of this movie, begins with a with a with a storybook. Ozzy references to all the other Disney films that 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 opens up with a fairy tale book, with the with the text fonts, uh, with the text fonts saying Walt Disney Pictures presents. So um so so yeah there there's your call so there are some of your, some of your callbacks right there. Ah oh, damn. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely tell right away where this movie is going. That they're they're referencing some of the, they're referencing the most recent Disney animated feature film projects. But anyway, but anyway, moving fo- but anyway, moving forward, um Asha is talking to her friends as she is getting ready for her interview with King Magnifico. And and like before her interview, uh, Magnifico's uh, wife, Queen Amaya, comes out to bring uh, Asha in for the interview. And before that, one of the one of the one of the one of the citizens of Rosas was going to it was it was being interviewed by Magnifico, and he walks out in depression, and he's basically saying saying stuff like, "Ah, oh, ah, oh, this interview is so bad. Ah, oh, this interview sucks." Like literally, so it turns out that this guy didn't get the interview, but it looks like Asha might land the interview pretty well. So Asha, so Asha go, goes up to the top of the tower, 
to, to the top of the tower to meet up with King Magnifico, being played by Chris Pine. And for the most part, the interview the interview goes well. Like, it starts off very well, which leads into a musical number where, um, where Magnifico and Asha are basically saying, like, like they're singing, they're singing, they're singing, like, of how, of how they're going to protect these wishes at all costs. And that's the name of the song, At All Costs. And this is one of the few songs where, this is one of the song. this is, this song is actually not that bad. Like, this song is not that bad. It's actually a pretty good song. Now, speaking of songs, like, the songs in this movie, the song, the songs in this movie are not that great either. Like, a lot of people did not like this, like the songs in this movie. Like, they're, like, and I will get to more of those songs pretty soon. But right out of the gate, there are most of the songs in this movie are not that great. There are some songs are there are a couple of songs that are actually pretty good, like um like how like the op like the opening song with Asha saying "Welcome to the Kingdom of Roses," which is obviously referencing to "Welcome to the Family Magico." Uh, I didn't really care for I didn't really care for that opening song from Asha as much, but this song at all costs is actually pretty decent. It's got a nice melody, nice tone, nice tempo. The lyrics are a little clunky, but at the same time, it's actually pretty cute. Many people pointed this out that this is basically a love song, and I'm not talking about like a boyfriend girlfriend, but also more like a somewhat of a father and daughter like song, if you know what I'm saying. Because obviously you got uh, King Magnifico and Asha singing it. And it does have a bit of a father-daughter-like feel to it in the in this musical number. And to the credit of the songwriters, it's pretty decent. It's a decent song. But unfortunately, after the song but after the song, it it does go into a complete 180 where Asha realizes that um, realizes that uh, King Magnifico is not granting Sabino's wish to inspire people. So, um, so y'all probably wondering why is Magnifico not granting Sabino's wish? Sabino, Asha's grandpa. Magnifico declines it because he sees her grandpa's wish being elusive. He also saw, sees it as a potential threat to his power. Now, a wish to a wish to inspire people is not a bad idea. Well, not a bad wish, but but how King Magnifico sees it, like it's elusive and and very vague and a, and a wish that could that could also backfire as well like like i can see where magnifico is coming from because some of these wishes that he he's keeping that he that he is keeping that he's keeping that he's keeping have like certain consequences like some wishes some wishes are good while there are other wishes that that are very vague and they can have consequences like i can see where he's coming from with that but Asha is so motivated by uh, by her grandpa's wish. He wants King Magnifico to grant her grandpa's wish. But no, King Magnifico doesn't want that. And he snaps at Asha saying, I decide what everyone deserves. Like, that's what he says. And right out of the gate, right out of the gate, he's basically the villain in this movie. Like, literally, like literally right there. Once Asha once Asha pushes King Magnifico, he snaps on Asha saying, I decide what to do with these wishes. And and at this very point, he's basically your villain. That's how the villain is set up. Like that's how they set King Magnifico up as the villain. Because King Magnifico is keeping the wishes. Like like Asha thinks that King Magnifico is keeping the wishes for 
for himself, when in reality, King Magnifico is protecting the wishes because he sees some of these uh, some of these wishes as he sees some of these wishes as a threat. Some of them feel like threats. This results in Magnifico refusing to accept her apprenticeship or grant any of her family members' wishes. So, so technically, Asha pushes King Magnifico to the point where he he where he decides to to like not have Asha as her apprentice. You know, call back uh, to Sorcerer's Apprentice where you have the wizard and Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse is basically the Sorcerer's Apprentice. But this time around, they were going to have, like King Magnifico was going to have Asha as as as, a, as an apprentice. But no, that's not the case in this, but that's not the case. But you get the reference right there. You get the reference. Basically, King Magnifico is basically the Sorcerer, basically the Sorcerer. By the way, fun fact, did you know that the Sorcerer from the Sorcerer's Apprentice, you know, with, uh, with, with, you know, where Mickey Mouse is basically the, basically Mickey Mouse puts on the Sorcerer's hat? The Sorcerer's name is Yensid. And another fun fact is, Yensid, Yensid is Disney in reverse. So basically, um, Mickey Mouse's Apprentice is basically Disney, but in reverse. As Yensid. But anyway, um... Ceremony commences, and that evening, Magnifico makes a point of not granting Sabino's wish, and of course, dismissing Asha as his apprentice. And and Asha is upset. Even Magnifico, who is uh, who is basically at the wishing ceremony, full of pride and joy, he 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 goes to the citizens and grants, and he goes to two of the citizens and to like you know get the wish, you know, to um, get the wishes, and, and, and Magnifico walks over to Asha saying, thank you, Asha, realizing, like, yeah, he's got this snide remark because of the fact that, one, Asha just dropped the ball on revealing uh, her, her grandpa, her grandpa's wish to King Magnifico, but knowing the fact that Magnifico will not, will not grant that wish, Says it all, says it all. So Asha tries to tell her family the truth about Magnifico, but her family does not believe her. And she is so frustrated and out of options, Asha runs outside and tries to wish to wish to the heavens while singing when I make this wish. So we get another musical number, and this is Asha. This is like Asha's lament right there. Like all she wants is to have her grandpa's wish to come true. And look, I can see that, but I can see that, but at the same time, Sabino's, Sabino's wish is pretty vague, too. I get it, he wants to inspire people, but what's the, what's the inspiration for that? What is Sabino's grandpa trying to inspire other people to do? Like, what's the point of that wish? Like, is it to play music? Is it to play music? Is it to start a revolution? Is it to start a revolution? Is it to make the kingdom of roses a better kingdom? What is the point of that wish? What has that wish got to do with it? But anyway, the musical number uh, When I Make This Wish, which is sung by Ariana DeBose, like, it's a pretty good musical number. I like the music. This is like, this is the, uh, this is another musical number that I actually liked for this movie. It's a pretty good musical number. When I make this wish. Like, it's a, it's a nice musical number, and I, I like it. I can see where Asha, like, Asha is upset. And she wants the wish to be granted, which is why she wished that that's why she wished upon a star. And and then of course, once she granted her wish, a a star comes down. Like 
like a star comes down and revealed to be a physical manifestation of the star she wished upon. And I'm going to be honest with you, that star looks like looks like the Luma Lee, looks some looks like the Luma Lee from from Super Mario Galaxy. It's like the Disney animators saw saw Super Mario saw the Super Mario watched the watched saw clips from the Super Mario Galaxy and of course the Super Mario Brothers movie saw the Luma Lee and they were like, "Hey, hey, why don't we use the Luma Lee star?" But the only difference is We'll turn the Luma Lee star into yellow. Yeah, that's nice. Except the only difference is the Luma Lee star from the soup from from Mario has a little more personality than the star than the star from from Wish. By the way, as cute as the design for as cute as the design for that star is, like it does get a little annoying at times. Most notably when that star begins to sprinkle gold dust all over all over all over the all over the woods. Oh and oh and Asha has a goat too. Yes, Asha's got a pet goat named named Valentino. And yes, obviously obviously one obviously a trope where a dizzy princess basically has a an animal sidekick. And uh <laughs> and so going to this star, this star brings magic to the brings magic into the woods. Huh. Get it? Into the woods. The stage musical that Steve that uh Steven Sondheim did. Also, Chris Pine was in Into the Woods as well, just so I'll let you all know as well. And um, and this star sprinkles his gold dust on onto Valentino the goat, and Valentino begins to talk. Valentino talks, and he's like, "I'm talking. I'm talking. Who knew my voice could be this low?" And I'm gonna be honest with you, uh, the goat talking in this movie really ruined the character for me, like. Valentino, like, Valentino's a goat, and, by the way, he's being voiced by Alan Tudyk, I mean, look, I like Alan Tudyk, but, but the, but the, but the dialogue that the writers gave him to, to play this character, I'm sorry, it, it just, the dialogue ruined, ruined the character for me, I'm sorry, like, like, I get what they were going for, they're trying to make him, trying to make the goat talk, that's, that's fine, but the dialogue, but just the dialogue and delivery was not that great. I mean, props to Alan Tudyk. I mean, for what he was given, Alan Tudyk did a did a did a good job. But for what he was for for what he was given, but but the dial but the dialogue was was not great. I mean, Alan Tudyk has played um, has voiced other animal creatures as well. Most notably, most notably animal animal noises. He did animal no he did animal noises for uh, for, for for a couple for a couple of pro for a couple of Dizzy projects like he made a toucan noises in uh, Dizzy's Encanto as the toucan he even he even made chicken and rooster noises for the rooster Hey Hey in uh, Dizzy's Moana he also did the he also provided the voice of Iago from the live action remake of Aladdin but. But as the goat, but as the goat Valentino, oh my goodness! It's like it's like a dis, it's like the it's like the writers turned Valentino into a complete jackass. But but just with the but but like literally, but like literally, like this goat, like the goat is cute and all. Like I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind if it was just goat noises. But literally, but literally, the writers thought it was a good idea to give Valentino a voice. Like literally. Like and look, I, I I don't mind Alan Tudyk. I think I, I believe Alan Tudyk did a good job for what he was given. But but I'm sorry, the the dialogue and writing for for the goat 
really, really killed it for me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you like this character, that's fine. But to me, I did not like this. I did not like this character. <laughs> but, unfortunately, but unfortunately, Valentino and the star do chase each other around around the forest, which leads to the which which leads to the star sprinkling his gold dust in the forest, bringing the trees to life, including the animals to life. The animals start talking as well, and of course, here's one thing that what what the gold dust also did. He brought mushrooms to life. Get it? Mushrooms. Yeah, high. High. He brought mu the, the star brought mushrooms to life. Just so they could be high. Like, literally, high. You know, like, eating mushrooms and you, and you go high, like, oh, what are all these colors, though? I mean, what were the writers thinking? Like, obviously, you could definitely pinpoint to the fact that it does reference Alice in Wonderland a little, Wonderland a little bit. Because when you go to Wonder, because in Alice in Wonderland, like, the whole atmosphere feels like <laughs> it feels like you're you're high or something like you're high on drugs like that's the thing like, like that's the whole picture of that and then uh and then of course uh, Asha is wondering what's up with the forest and all the forest animals came up to uh, came up to Asha saying saying just to like talk and Asha's like what's going on what's with this what's what what's with this wishing star like who is that and then all the animals start singing Another song, and, my, and and this song is called uh, "I'm a Star." Now that's the name of the song, "I'm a Star." And I'll be honest with you, this is literally the uh, worst song from this movie. I'm sorry. Like, listen, if you like some of these songs, that's great. I'm gonna list out a couple more songs later, but also, but just to let you know, um, the way how this song is written, it feels like they, it feels like the songwriters. Just went to AI and decided to like have AI write the songs. Like literally, like I can see where the song is, is coming from, knowing the fact that, like the like uh, like how like the star, you know, the stars from the gal like from this galaxy, microscopic galaxy, and asking questions. Have you ever wondered why you look up at the star at the sky for answers? Well, apparently the music keeps on going, saying like. Well, you don't have to look too hard. We're here for all your question marks. If you're trying to figure out who you are, don't look far. And then, of course, and of course, uh, and then of course, an answer says, "You're a star." And I get it. And I get it. Sometimes it's like you don't have to look too hard. If you have all questions, yeah, you know, hey, and hey, you know, you're gonna have questions. If you have questions, so you're trying to figure out who you are, you're a star. Like literally, is that really it? It's like you're describing Asha as a star. Rather than, like, the star itself. Like, I'm talking about the star that came down from the galaxy. Like, they're not even talking about the star. They're literally talking about Asha. They're just talking about Asha as a star. They're just talking about Asha as a star. Like, really? Like, I mean, I get it. She's the... I, I mean, I get it. She's the main character of this movie. But why are they telling Asha that... Why are they telling Asha that, he, that she's a star rather than having, like, the star being the star? The star, you know, the star that came down from the galaxy. And and this music, and this music, the lyrics keep on going. Like, you get this lyric that says, boom, did we just blow your mind? Like, what is, what? What? I mean, what? And and this, and it come, continues on, and it literally continues on. And and there's this, there's this little rap lyric that this turtle sings. Obviously, obviously, this is a, this turtle that's singing, like, I guess you could say that's a, that is a reference to one of the to the turtle from Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, but also the fact that I mean that's, I'll give credit to the turtle. The the turtle can really sing too. He can sing pretty well, 
but the, the but there are more lyrics to it. Like you get this lyric saying, "We eat the leaves and they eat the sun." See, that's where all the balls of gas come from. And and, and I'm just like, what? We eat the leaves and they eat the sun. Like really? Wait, like like this is also the mice singing. Like the mice are eating leaves. Okay, I get it. But and they eat the sun. Like what? Why do leaves eat the sun? Is it the fact that the leaves eat the sun ray? Is that the fact that the eaves that the that the sun that the eaves eat the rays of sun? Is that what we're going for? And then of course you get Valentino saying, "See, that's where all the balls of gas come from." Really? We just made a fart joke. That's just a complete fart joke or a gas joke, I should say. Like it's like it's like but like I guess you could say it's also a balls joke too, but like. Because of the, because in context, like like the goat's ass is being is is blocking the sun, like the goat's ass is blocking the sunlight and saying, "See, that's where all the balls of gas come from." Like, what? In what is this? And this is like in context. If you saw, if you watched this scene, like literally, and then also you can also say that as a reference to the Lion King, I to the Lion King where uh, Timon and Pumbaa and Simba are looking up at the stars and then. And then Puma's like, "Hey, Timon, you know, you wonder what these stars are look like? Balls of gas." And then Timon's like, "Pumba, everything you always, Pumba, everything to you is basically about gas, something like that." But uh, but there's also a hint of circle of life too, like you know, like the mice eat the leaves, and then the, the sun eats the leaves. I guess you could say that is also a reference to the Lion King circle of life. That you could all you could also pinpoint that too, but oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness! But the song keeps going with the with the lyrics saying, "Well, you don't have to look too hard. It's all around you, not too far. If you're trying to figure out who you are, you're a star." And then of course, you even you even get all the all the all you even get other forest animals talking. Even this one deer, who's who basically who who sounds like he's basically high on mushrooms, who's basically, who basically sounds like he's high on mushrooms, and, and, and he's basically high on mushrooms, and, and gold dust just has this voice that's saying, <laughs> I'm a star, <laughs> and I'm just like, who is that deer, and of course, that name, and of course, it name drops to Bambi, like, literally, I'm not kidding you, but after the song, like, this bear, this bear name drops Bambi, and basically this is Bambi with that voice. It's like, I'm a star. Like that's one of the lyrics that Bambi says in this song, and the fact that this bear name drops Bambi is just mind boggles me. And of course Bambi name drops John to in front of the bear because the, because the bear's name is John. Also a reference to Robin Hood. Robin Hood and little John running through the forest because uh, there's a bear named John in Robin in the in Robin in the Robin Hood movie that Dizzy did. Oh my goodness! While well, the fact I'm on the subject of mushrooms, there's even a lyric about mushrooms too. Just basically saying, "Hey, you still look like you're hanging on by a strand, but if you just see the mushrooms, but if you just see the mushrooms, you'll understand." Like seriously. How high were the songwriters when when they wrote this song? But if you just seen the mushrooms, then you understand. Like, oh my goodness! Like, oh my goodness! 
mushrooms. Oh my goodness. Oh my good. Oh my goodness. Like, ah, ah, what the hell is with this song? But anyway, like obviously the song ends. We get another cringy lyric saying, "Watch out, world! Here I are." Does not make sense. Does not make any damn sense. It, it could have been. It could, if you're gonna have something like this, like, boom, you're a star. Watch out, world! Here, here I come. Um, you know, I mean, it would have made sense. Like the writers are trying so hard to like rhyme. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to rhyme these songs. They're trying to rhyme the lyrics, and I understand that, but. Not every lyric has to be a rhyme. It's not a It's not. It's not one. It's not a hip. It's not. I mean, like, not every song. Not every song lyric needs a uh, needs a rhyme. I mean, come on. I mean, if it do need, if you want to put a rhyme in it, okay. But but he's got. But it has to work. But he gotta do it. But he gotta do it right. This is not a Limbaugh Miranda style writing, okay? And that's what the. That's what the. That's what many of these songs are trying to go for. They're trying to be Lin Morel Miranda, but they don't have Lin Morel Miranda. Lin Morel Miranda did not write these songs. They were written by Julia Michaels and Benjamin Rice. And to be honest, I don't mind upbeat. I don't mind upbeat songs like 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 that, but it doesn't fit the overall narrative of this movie. And like literally trying to be Lin Morel Miranda, like it, it is a risky move. That's a risky move because. Lin Morel Miranda, because Lin Morel Miranda has written some some pretty good hip hop upbeat songs in in some of his projects, like Hamilton, like Hamilton and like Hamilton and Encanto. Heck, even um, even Moana, like he had a couple of upbeat songs, but some but some but he does know how to write write songs that are good and that are good in slow tempo with a very angelic tone to it. Like he knows how to do, like he knows, like he knows how to do that. He's a pretty good songwriter, but uh, but sure, yeah. You also have songs like like the Scuttlebutt from the Little Mermaid 2023. You know, I'm pretty sure that's just Disney throwing Limbaugh Miranda on the bus. And also, also to bring this up, Disney used to hire Broadway songwriters to write the songs, like. Like Limbaugh Miranda, who's very well known for Hamilton and Canto and, and Moana, he also he had his he got his star on Broadway too. Same with Alan Menken and Howard Ashman. Like there are those those were those are some of the most they are they are Broadway legends too, who know how to who know how to write songs too. And sure, yeah, there are other, also a couple other Broadway legends too, but Alan Menken, Howard Ashman, and Limbaugh Miranda. Like they know how to write good songs too. Disney's wish is like they tossed out the Broadway actors and decided to like, nah, let's try to be Lin Manuel Miranda and we'll beat him to the curb. Like that's what they did, especially with this song "I'm a Star." Like, really? <sighs> but anyway, moving forward. But anyway, moving forward, we even get another upbeat song, and that's basically from King Magnifico and. King Magnifico discovers that this wishing star has come to life, and Magnifico wants to study the star. So he decides to, so he puts a bounty on information relating to the star at a public appearance, and the residents of Rosas begin questioning his rule for the first time. So agitated, Magnifico turns to dark magic to keep his power over Rosas. Plus, we also get a song from King Magnifico, and 
the, the name of the song is is called "This Is the Thanks I Get," and and this is basically and this is the thanks I get. It ends with a question mark and an exclamation point. Like he's like, "This is the thanks I get." This is the thanks I get. Okay, so yeah, this is the thanks I get. I'm gonna say this. This song is so bad, it's catchy. Like, it's so bad, it's catchy. It, it just makes you want to, like, listen to it more and more. And to Chris Pine's credit, he's a pretty good singer. He knows how to sing. He knows how to sing. I will say this. I know he played, I know he sang the Spider Bells from Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, but this is the things I get. Like, this is a pretty, this song is probably funny. This is a funny song. and. This is a funny song that is so bad it's catchy. And this is supposed to be a villain song, right? This is the things I get. Like, it's supposed to be a villain song. But it's not. It's just basically uh, King Magnifico throwing a tantrum. He's basically... Like, the, like basically, the opening lyrics of this song is basically saying, I can't help it if mirrors love my face. It's genetics! Yeah, I get these genes from outer space! Keep the name. I'm I'm magnificent. I put the I put the I in. What was the other word? What the hell is going on with this song? Like, like yeah, he's saying that he's passionate. He's not put potentulent, and people praise for his benevolence. And then uh, basically he's just like you know he says like he gives like and of course he says he lets the kingdom of roses live for free, and he doesn't even charge charge any of them rent. Like, really? Where does rent even fall? Where does rent fall into place for the Kingdom of Roses? And then obviously he cleans up the messes, and then he was always there when he needs to vent. He gives, he gives and gives and gives and gives and gives and gives and gives, and you think that they all be content, and all I really want is just a little respect. But King Magnifico knows that there's a traitor in town. Obviously referring to Asha because obviously Asha just turned against Magnifico. And by the way, like. Magnifico is supposed to be the villain and Asha is supposed to be the hero, but I feel like they're both reversed. Like, they're both reversed. And in fact, being a villain song for Magnifico, This Is The Things I Get, is basically the wor one of the worst villain songs out there. Basically a song like This Is The Things I Get. I can't think of a single Disney film where their villain songs are basically bad. Like, I can't think of that. I mean... You get villain songs like Be Prepared and Hellfire, two of the best Disney villain songs out there. And sure, you get upbeat villain songs too, you know, like Mother Knows Best and um, Gaston's song. No one punch like Gaston, no one does this like Gaston. If you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? This song, I mean, yeah, this is the things I get, it's upbeat, but it's literally just King Magnifico throwing a tantrum. That's basically it. Like, this, that's basically it. And I'm just left in the... And this is just me saying, this is the villain song we get? Like, what? Oh, man. Anyway, moving forward. So Asha's friends realize something's up with Asha trying to hide that star with uh, Valentino inside the bakery because obviously Asha's friends are basically... Um, many of Asha's friends are basically uh, bakers. And uh, they bake cookies for King Magnifico, and uh, and obviously they they're wondering what's up with Asha trying to trying to block that door to uh, where I'm pretty sure it's like the pantry. And what was going on in the pantry is Valentino conducts 
an orchestra of chickens. I mean, that happens. And then, um, obviously, Magnifico turns to Dark Magic using using this book that he uses, and he makes a staff out of it. Well, out of all the wishes, out of all the wishes, he even name drops a few wishes. Like one of them, he even references like wish wishes from other character from people from other movies. Like one of them references Peter Pan. Obviously, a boy who wants to wishes to learn who wishes to fly. That's obviously reference to Peter Pan. And then there was another wish that also references Mary Poppins as well. And then, and then of course, uh, Asha takes her grandpa's wish, and he's overjoyed to have his memories back. Like Sabino, the grandpa, the grandfather to Asha is overjoyed that he was able to get his memories back. However, Magnifico bursts into the family's home. Having been informed by a mole that Asha was responsible for Star's arrival, he crushes her mother's her her mother Sakina's wish as a punishment, causing causing Sakina to overcome with grief. Star tries to defend her, but is spotted by Magnifico, who vows to capture him. And Asha and her family flee with Star. Sabino and Sakina are sent to a neighboring island for safety, while Asha returns to the city. In pursuit of the other wishes. And Magnifico reveals that Simon is the mole who exposed Asha and grants Simon his wish of being a knight, turning him into his pawn. So yes, Simon, one of one of Asha's buddies, from the obviously one of the uh, supposed reference seven dwarves references is a knight. Can you imagine a Simon says joke? In this movie, there's got to be a Simon Says joke around here somewhere. But anyway, um, Asha and the, and the rest of her friends, um, they all they all try to they're all hiding from Magnifico, and um, and and they're basically they're basically joined by Queen Amaya during this during this musical number called What We Know Now. And I'll be honest with you, um, the song is okay, but I just really don't care at this point for that song. But it's basically it's, it's it does have a bit of a reference to I'll make a man out of you from uh, from Mulan, but at the end of the day, I just really don't care. I feel that's supposed to be like a team up song, you know, to start a revolution. Like it feels more of a villain song for Asha. Like like I said, the roles feel completely reversed. Like Magnifico is more of a hero than Asha. But it feels reversed. Like Asha is supposed to be the hero, while Magnifico is supposed to be the villain. If they were, if they were meant to have Magnifico as the villain, they should have actually, there should, they should have have. He should have explained like, no, all these wishes are mine. All these wishes are mine, and I'm not gonna grant any of them. Like literally, like literally, the writers could have just said like, oh, Magnifico, Magnifico is the bad guy. He keeps the wishes for himself. And he's not gonna let any of the citizens grant the wishes. Like you could have write that villain out as as a guy who is so greedy he keeps all the wishes for himself. That's where the that's where the writers should have done, and and basically have Asha as a hero. That would make sense. And also, there is an idea of having not only Magnifico as the villain but also his wife Queen Amaya as well. Like like Queen Amaya. Would have tag teamed with her husband, a king and queen duel, and like we were robbed of it. We almost got Queen Amaya as a villain as well. Like King Magnifico and Queen Amaya as the villains of Wish, that would have been cool. That would have been a cool idea. Like why didn't we get that? But no, that's not that's not what. But no, that's not what 
but that's not what modern Disney is all about for their animated feature movies. So yeah, obviously, obviously, Magnifico creates an all-powerful staff by crushing more wishes. He is basically fully corrupted, and Magnifico ascends the castle's tower and saps the power of every wish in Rosa's. And while, and of course, and of, and of course, um, Asha's animal companions battle Simon in the wo in, in the woods. But don't worry, Simon survives, and Asha du duels with Magnifico, who traps Star in his staff and blacks and blacks out the stars. Huh? Blackout. Yeah, blackout. Jiminy Crickets, you're probably wondering what the hell is gonna happen next, right? Well, this leads to a musical number when I make this wish, and everybody starts singing this song, and and everybody in the kingdom begins to sing, and they find the strength of their desire to overpower Magnifico, sealing him inside his own staff. So King Magnifico gets destroyed by the power that not, but he literally gets destroyed. He gets destroyed by the power he sought. He's still alive, though. Like he's still alive, but he's inside the mirror. My goodness, like, what was the point of that? So now King Magnifico is the new mirror mirror on the wall? Or the new magic mirror, I should say? So Magnifico went for went from being a king to a magic mirror. So that's where this movie's going. So King Magnifico gets destroyed, gets sucked into his own staff, and he's basically a mirror now. And of course, Queen Amaya uses, uh, uses it as her own magic mirror, because obviously... Um, King Magnifico likes mirrors. Yeah. Yeah. But of course the movie ends with the Kingdom of Rosas giving everyone everybody their wishes and then um and then Asha becomes and I'm not kidding you. She becomes the fairy godmother. Like the star gives Asha a cloak and a magic wand and Asha vows to continue star's work and grant wishes justly. And this is where the movie ends. So basically, Asha's the new fairy godmother. That's where this movie is going. So this was supposed to be an original film, right? An original Disney movie with an original Disney princess, an original Disney plot, an original Disney villain. And they completely smacked us in the face by turning Asha into the fairy godmother. That's how this movie ends. Also, we get an end credit scene where uh, Asha's grandpa plays When You Wish Upon a Star on his uh, guitar. It's a cute moment, but not enough to have a good, not enough for a good ending on this movie. Also, add insult to entry, the, the end the, all the, the credit sequence references the characters from all the Disney movies as well to honor the 100th anniversary. And I'm just like, whatever. I mean, okay. I'm just like, and I feel like this whole movie feels like it's, like, it's just like, you know what, whatever, man, like, whatever, man, like, we all know, like, many people knew that this movie wasn't gonna do well, even, like, when, even when, like, even, even, even when after this movie was released, a lot of people, like, literally turned their, like, were literally turned their interest off, a lot of people are disinterested in seeing this movie, I mean, yeah, there's gonna be some fans who will probably want to go see this movie, I mean, I get that, everybody's wanting to see this movie, I understand that, but at the end of the day, really, do you really consider Dizzy's wish a good 100th year anniversary. I, do you really think Dizzy's Wish is a good movie to celebrate 100 years? I say, in my opinion, no, it's not. I know people will say, oh, no, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. 
I mean, for some people, it's debatable. For, but to me, not really. In all honesty, though, Disney's Wish, I like the idea behind it, but the overall execution for this movie is not that great. Some of the songs in this movie are not great either. Aside from one or two songs, like At All Costs and I Make This Wish, those are the only two songs that are actually good. The rest of the songs are not that great. And then, and then of course, like, the, obviously the songs are trying so hard to sound like Limbo El Miranda without Limbo El Miranda. And then, and then, and then, of course, and then, obviously enough, King Magnifico as a villain, I'm sorry, he was not a great villain, in my opinion. I like Chris Pine. I think Chris Pine does a good job of what he was given. I was sold on Chris Pine's performance as Magnifico. I really enjoy Chris Pine. I really do. And, and I really do. And that's one of the reasons why I went to see this movie. Obviously because of Chris Pine. Because he was in this movie too. And of course, the voice actors did a pretty good job. Did a pretty good job voicing their characters. I mean, Ariana DeBose does, does a good job playing Asha. But I mean, but Asha wasn't that, um, wasn't that interesting of a character to say, to, to say. I mean, she's basically just your typical, she's basically your average Disney princess like, like the other Disney princesses. And having her be the fairy godmother, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it, it, it really doesn't make sense when there was already a fairy godmother for Cinderella. But also the rest of the characters were not that interesting either. Like, I, I mean, Asha's friends of the Seven Dwarves, Asha's friends that, that references the Seven Dwarves, but feels, but feels like, but feels unnecessary. And speaking of references, I mean, obviously, while I do like the references to old Disney movies, to recent Disney movies, they could have had all the care, all the Disney characters from the previous movies come together in the Kingdom of Roses. Like, why didn't they go with that? Why didn't they have all the Disney characters interact with the citizens of the Kingdom of Roses and ha and have them team up and take down King Magnifico? Why didn't they do that? Why didn't the writers come up with that? I don't know. I don't. I, but I don't know. I don't know. Even Doug Walker of Channel Awesome summed it up as well. Like Doug Walker, Doug Walker, who was reviewing, um, who was reviewing, who reviewed uh, Dizzy's Wish and Once Upon a Studio for um, Dizzy Sember. Like Doug Walker is the YouTuber of Channel Awesome. Like he talked about Once Upon a Studio and and Wish for Dizzy Sember. He described. He actually said like, why can't the all these Dizzy animated characters appear in Dizzy's Wish? If we're going to go with that big 100-year special. I think it would have worked. I think that's a cool concept idea. But I think it's more on the budget. It's probably budget issues or creative differences that was going on at, at, at the company. I believe that was, the, that was the case. That was probably the case why this movie didn't do as well with many people. And by the way, uh, this would be a war crime if I did, did not mention this. The animation, the the animation in this movie, the animation is not that great either. Like I like the idea of of uh, traditional animation mixed with computer animation. I like that idea, but the overall execution of the an of the animation style is is not that great. Normally, I'd be blown away by the animation of how well it's of how well it's drawn out. From the atmosphere to the landscapes to the buildings, even the characters as well, including the designs too. I mean, 
I should be blown away by this. But no, I'm not blown away by this animation. I mean, sure, it's interesting. The past Disney movies, like, most notably from the traditional animation that they did, that they did in the past, including the most recent ones where they went with 3D animation or computer animation, I should, I should say, I I was blown away by the by the by by the animation, whether it's just traditional animation or computer animation. I mean, I don't mind a mix of both if done right. I mean, some move some Disney movies mixed a little bit of computer animation and traditional animation, like in The Lion King, where 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 they mixed computer animation and traditional animation during the wildebeest stampede. Even Hercules, they mixed computer animation and traditional animation, most notably during the Hydra battle. Even Treasure Planet went out of his way with, with, with traditional animation and computer animation as well. But for Wish, using, uh, using traditional animation and computer animation? Like, it feels like you're watching a Disney Junior special. That's what it looks like. Like that's what the animation looks like. It looks like you're watching a Disney Junior special. If and and I get it. You want to use the computer animation and and traditional animation to call back to the recent projects, recent Disney projects where they use computer animation, where some movies use computer animation while other movies use while while other movies use traditional animation. I get that. But the overall execution of the animation was not that great. In fact, um, there are rumors, behind the scenes rumors, that a lot of animators who have worked on Disney's Wish, they they said that that the the experience was was depressing and horrible. Like, like the, the way how like I believe the original idea for the animation was going to be traditional animation. But they but Disney decided to go with traditional animation and computer animation, which is not a bad idea. But the fact is, Disney got in the way with the animation, which really pushed the animators over over the limit, which explains why their experience on their experience working on Disney's Wish was not a great experience at all. Which is probably one of the few reasons why the animation wasn't that wasn't that great in this movie. Oh boy, and the story itself, like, I like the story idea behind it, but the execution for the story was not great either. And there's not really much else to say about this movie, but other than that, Disney's Wish was a movie with a good idea, but with a bad execution. Like, like this movie was supposed to honor the 100th the 100th anniversary of the Walt Disney Company which but it turned out to be a complete flop of what uh, the Walt Disney Company used to be and the closest we're going to get to a good Walt Disney project for for in terms of like uh, animation it would be Walt it would be once upon a studio, it will be once upon a studio because once upon a studio had all the had all the Disney characters come come to life during closing during after hours and um and 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 have a group picture to and to and have a group picture like that's basically it like that, that's basically it and that's the closest we're gonna get to a good Walt Disney Walt Disney project 
in terms of a film. Like, that's the closest we're going to get. And also to add insult to injury, Asha made her first appearance in Once Upon a Studio as well. So, like, Asha was the first, uh, was the first Dizzy princess to appear in a short film before her feature film debut. But other than that, but other than that, that's basically it. That's basically it. That's my review. That is my take on Dizzy's Wish. Oh boy. But anyway, what did you all think of Dizzy's Wish? Did you end up liking the movie? Did you not like the movie? I would love to hear your thoughts on this. And just to let everybody know, this is a, this is an opinion-based episode. And this is my own opinion. I understand there's going to be people who would, who would end up liking this movie. That's fine. But to me, in my opinion, I did not like Dizzy's Wish. But I would like to hear your thoughts. If you like this movie or do not like this movie, I would like to hear your thoughts. But anyway, that is a wrap on this episode. And I really wish for Disney to make a good movie again. Like, that's my wish. I wish for Disney to make a good movie again. That's a wrap on this episode. Thank you all for tuning in to Kodo Cinema. I'm, I'm your host, Bar Kodo, a.k.a. Kodo Man. Remember to watch movies and stay positive.